the podcast for St. Joseph and Elkhart counties that reads like an audio newspaper. This is SME Community Radio Newscast powered by Anchor.fm. News Nation This Hour, I'm James Sears. The clock is ticking for troops to leave Afghanistan in just nine days. But President Biden is in talks to possibly extend that deadline if evacuations aren't done in time. He says his top priority is getting Americans safely out of Afghanistan. In a little over 30 hours this weekend, we've evacuated an extraordinary number of people, about 11,000 individuals. Biden also noted he's authorized the use of commercial aircraft to help facilitate the safe movement of evacuees from other countries once they arrive there on U.S. military flights from Afghanistan. None of the commercial aircraft are flying into the Kabul airport. The House is set to vote on parts of President Biden's infrastructure plan as early as today, but Democrats can only afford a handful of defections if they hope to pass the $1 trillion bill. Some want it tied to the president's $3.5 trillion spending package. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi told members this weekend that the infrastructure plan has bipartisan support in the Senate, so she wants the House to make it a priority. Tropical Storm Henri is moving toward New York, but will head back out to sea today. It soaked Rhode Island yesterday, leaving over 130,000 people without power and others stranded in their cars. It also flooded homes and streets in New Jersey. A separate storm on Saturday caused historic flooding in Tennessee, killing at least 22 people as some 17 inches of rain fell in less than 24 hours. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo says Henri will not delay his plans today to resign. He's doing that rather than face a likely impeachment battle over sexual harassment allegations. Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul will take over as the first female governor of New York. In Florida, a 7th school district is making masks mandatory for grades K-8, through despite an executive order from Governor Ron DeSantis allowing students to opt out. Leo County Superintendent Rocky Hanna wants local control given to the school districts to determine what's best for the children in their community. Governor, just as you fight to protect the sovereignty of the state of Florida, we are simply asking you to have that same consideration for us. The school districts arguing for the mandate say children are not eligible to be vaccinated and remain the most vulnerable in their communities, but DeSantis says the decision should be left to parents. And Powerball players across the country will now have another chance to win big money. And since there was no winner in Saturday's drawing, the first Monday drawing tonight will be worth about $293 million. Powerball drawings will be held here on out on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturday. Find News Nation on your cable or satellite provider and stay up to date around the clock at NewsNationNow.com and on the News Nation Now app. I'm James Sears. Under pressure from decency groups and Congress, OnlyFans says it will ban all pornographic content beginning in October. The website is supposed to be a platform for people to perform and charge their fans a fee for the exclusive content, but it quickly devolved into a giant purveyor of homemade smut. Pro-family groups have argued for some time that OnlyFans was also sexually exploiting children, which is a violation of federal law. Michael Harrington, SRN News. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hobby Lobby, the Christian-owned arts and crafts chain, has been ordered to pay $200,000 in fines for refusing to allow a man living as a woman to use the women's restroom in one of its stores. 
An Illinois appeals court has ruled that the chain is in violation of the Illinois Human Rights Act. Hobby Lobby installed a unisex bathroom to solve the problem, but wound up getting sued anyway. The company could appeal to the state Supreme Court. Michael Harrington, SRN News. The giant Christian relief agency has moved quickly in the wake of the August 14th earthquake that hammered the island nation. A transport plane loaded with doctors, nurses, and supplies has arrived in Haiti to be followed by more in coming days. Samaritan's Purse says, quote, Our DC-8 aircraft carried 31 tons of relief, including emergency shelter material, medical supplies, and water filtration units to provide clean water daily for thousands of people. Michael Harrington, SRN News. Learn more at She Can Stem, a message brought to you by the Ad Council. These deaths happened amid the chaos of those fleeing the Taliban takeover. Britain's defense ministry says conditions on the ground remain extremely challenging, but officials also add, we're doing everything we can to manage the situation as safely and securely as possible. The airport has remained the focal point for thousands trying to flee the Taliban. They're the untraceable build-it-yourself weaponry that accounted for nearly half the firearms recovered in San Francisco gun killings last year. The suit alleges the companies violated state laws that require them to apply for serial numbers and that they misled consumers into believing the weapons were legal. The suit comes as opponents are pursuing a recall campaign against Boudin over his handling of crime. Critics say Boudin is intolerably lenient, while supporters say he's following through on promises to reform systemic inequities in criminal justice. Jeremy House reporting. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I liked things to always be the same. Anything new or different would scare and upset me. I was very sensitive to lights and sounds. It was almost like I had bigger eyes and ears than everyone else. So I built secret hiding places where nothing could get in. I didn't like looking people in the eye. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'd throw big tantrums over little things like when my socks didn't match. Sometimes I'd do the same things over and over. Until one day, I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. You can see signs of autism in children as young as 18 months. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA healthcare facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. The Public News Service Daily Newscast, August the 23rd, 2021. I'm Mike Clifford. Tomorrow, advocates for New Yorkers with disabilities will ask the MTA to stop the shared ride model for its accessoride services that resumed in July because of the ongoing public health risks. 
The COVID-19 Delta variant is a big reason groups like the Center for Independence of the Disabled New York are against MTA reversing the single-ride passenger rule that's been in place throughout the pandemic. Dr. Sharon McLennan-Weir with Sydney says more than one rider at a time poses a risk to others with health complications who can't be vaccinated. So I think at this point, at least allow the single share ride program to continue until we get a better grasp on infection rates and transmission rates as we go towards the fall with the Delta variant. Accessoride drivers are contract workers, so they aren't required to follow the MTA's vaccination mandate. McLennan-Weir notes a passenger might spend hours on paratransit getting to their destination because of multiple trips across the city. That can affect many aspects of life, from the ability to gain employment to attending appointments. I'm Michaela Savitt reporting. Advocates will make their demands known tomorrow morning in front of the MTA Administrative Headquarters in Manhattan. Political reports, President Joe Biden said Sunday access around the international airport in Kabul has been extended to facilitate the safe evacuation of thousands of U.S. citizens and Afghan allies from the country. Political ads, Biden said in a speech at the White House, we're working hard and as fast as we can to get people out. That's our mission. That's our goal. And less than a decade remains to avoid potentially catastrophic impacts of a warming planet. That's according to the latest scientific reports. Less than a decade remains to avoid potentially catastrophic impacts of a warming planet, according to the latest scientific reports. Critics of climate proposals making their way through Congress warned that reducing greenhouse gas emissions will harm the economy, but some business leaders say those plans won't get the job done in time. Greg Findlay is the CEO of Detour, a tour company in Lander. He points to the recent Greater Yellowstone Climate Assessment, which found that significant change is happening even at today's warming levels. The snowpack melts off earlier in the spring. The rivers run drier. There's a great deal more drought and there's less water to irrigate with. To keep fish alive, it impacts wildlife. All of this becomes greater at 1.5 degrees and magnitude worse at 2 degrees. The Paris Accord calls for governments to limit warming to 1.5 degrees, but this month's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change report projects a rise of 2 degrees in the next 20 years. I'm Eric Galatis. This is PNS. Ohio food security advocates welcomed news last week of the largest permanent increase to SNAP benefits coming this fall, and they hope it's a sign of more funding opportunities for other programs. Kelsey Bergfeld of Advocates for Ohio's Future says she and other partner organizations are preparing for what they're calling the COVID cliff on December 31st, the predicted end of the federal health emergency when the benefits many Ohioans have been receiving for months will significantly drop. She says these programs are the first line of support for many Ohio families. Certainly, we want to make sure that you can take care of your family first. And these supports are just vital to allow that time for that job search, for that training opportunity, for any kind of opportunity to find and establish self-sufficiency. You know, we, we have to take care of the basics first. The SNAP increase and adjustment of the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Thrifty Food Plan will increase the recipient's benefits by an average of $36 per month. Ohio currently has just over 1.5 million enrolled SNAP recipients. I'm Emily Scott. And Wisconsin viewed as a state where political tension could underscore new legislative and congressional maps Republicans who control the legislature are leading efforts to produce new political maps likely to clash with the veto power of Democratic Governor Tony Evers. 
Matt Rothschild of the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign says while there is concern the GOP will produce a partisan-driven effort, residents should provide their own input through a platform recently announced by Assembly Speaker Robin Voss. Anytime citizens of Wisconsin are given an opportunity to participate in the political process, that's a good thing. This fall, citizens can submit ideas, including their own suggested boundaries, through the Draw Your District Wisconsin website. Rothschild acknowledges Voss and GOP leaders could ignore the input, but he says the website speaks to grassroots efforts in recent years calling for fair maps, with policy researchers finding that Wisconsin Republicans produced among the most gerrymandered lines after the 2010 census. I'm Mike Mowen. Finally, Suzanne Potter tells us more than 10,000 people have called the California Parent and Youth Helpline during the pandemic, but the funding is set to run out in December. The helpline operates from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., seven days a week, so people can speak to a trained counselor about things such as parental anxiety, kids' mental health struggles, and conflict between parents over the best way to help their kids. Arizona State University professor Elizabeth Harris analyzed all calls more than 10 minutes in length and found that the helpline is an important release valve. When people are at a point of acute frustration with their children, they cannot wait weeks until they get in to see a therapist. This is Mike Clifford. Thank you for starting your week with Public News Service member and listener supported. Heard on great radio stations. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org. Welcome to 2021 Talks, where we are following our democracy in historic times. There is no way to evacuate this many people without pain and loss of heartbreaking images you see on television. It's just a fact. President Joe Biden says the U.S. has a long way to go on evacuations of Americans and Afghan allies a week after the Taliban took over Afghanistan. Up to 33,000 people have left since July. Biden stood by his decision to withdraw. At the end of the day, if we didn't leave Afghanistan now, when do we leave? Another 10 years? Another five years? Another year? I'm not about to send your son or your daughter to fight in Afghanistan. The Pentagon says six commercial airlines are now retrieving refugees who have already fled to overseas U.S. military bases. Spokesman John Kirby said, for the most part, Americans with credentials are leaving Kabul without issue, but not always. We are aware of sporadic cases that where they aren't being allowed, where there is some harassment going on. And yes, some physical violence has occurred. And as the secretary has made clear, that's unacceptable. In a poll release Sunday, three quarters of Americans said they believe the withdrawal was executed badly. 62 percent blamed Biden for the Taliban taking control, while about 50 percent blamed former President Donald Trump. But at a rally in Alabama this weekend, Trump said Biden botched the exit. And it didn't have to happen. All he had to do is leave the soldiers there until everything's out. Our citizens, our weapons. Then you bomb the hell out of the bases. We have five bases. And you say bye-bye. Meanwhile, Vice President Kamala Harris hopes to demonstrate the U.S. strength as a global leader during a trip to Southeast Asia. We have interests there that relate to both security interests, economic interests, and more recently, global health. Today, she meets with Singapore's leaders and will visit sailors aboard the USS Tulsa. Tomorrow, she visits Vietnam, the first vice president to travel to the communist nation. Back in the U.S., new data shows that almost every state reported a rise in voter registration since 2016. Roughly 6.5% more voters last year compared to four years earlier. The 2020 election also saw a massive increase in political spending, twice that of the previous presidential election. 
we had a great election in terms of turnout and enthusiasm, but the issues weren't there. And all of that money just went into misinformation, negative campaigning, distortions and lies. That's Gregory Joseph of American Promise, an organization trying to end the influence of big money on politics. He says 300 or so huge donors have so much leverage that they can dominate the process, often through secretive dark money donations. But he says polling shows three-fourths of Americans and two-thirds of Republicans support a 28th Amendment to the Constitution to allow limits on that form of political speech. I'm Mary Sherman for Pacifica Network and Public News Service. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. From the Black Information Network, this is the BIN Daily Update. I'm Vanessa Tyler. And I'm Mike Stevens on your home for 24-7 News. The Black Information Network. The airport in Kabul, where images of desperate Afghan people clamoring to get out of Taliban-controlled Afghanistan, including those literally clinging to the wheels of U.S. military planes during takeoff. The United States has sent in more firepower, just in case. Armed fighter jets are circling overhead at the airport to ensure the evacuations of Americans and those Afghans at risk. Thousands have been evacuated so far, but the process has been slow. U.S. officials admit they have no hard number on exactly how many they must rescue, whose very lives depend on getting out now. The crisis in Haiti has now turned criminal with the kidnapping of two doctors who are needed now more than ever. One doctor is an orthopedic surgeon who has been operating on earthquake victims with broken limbs. The other, an obstetrician who was on his way to perform an emergency C-section when he was grabbed. Tragically, reports are the mother and the baby did not make it. Now, because the doctor is being held hostage, eight hospitals say they're closing in protest. The death and injury count mounts daily as a result of that powerful 7.2 magnitude earthquake that rocked the island. A white man in a black pickup truck said he had a bomb and message, which he live streamed on Facebook for President Biden. I'm here for raising. I'm here for the American people. For at least five hours, the man identified as Floyd Ray Roseberry held police at bay in front of the Library of Congress. Reports are he is a believer in the big election lie, and his politics forced him to drive from North Carolina to Washington, D.C. Hopeland officials are on the lookout for people like him, still harboring bad intent over Trump's loss. In the end, he was taken into custody. Officials say they found bomb-making material, but no actual bomb. Does America really need a booster. Some scientists are calling out the Biden administration for what they say is a rush to distribute COVID-19 vaccine booster shots. The CDC cited three studies showing vaccine protection against the virus dropped over time and as the Delta variant has swept the country. Dr. Anna Durbin with Johns Hopkins University told CNBC, while more people are seeing mild cases, the vaccines are still doing the job to prevent severe infections and death. Booster shots will start being rolled out to Americans the week of September 20th. R&B singer R. Kelly's fetish and medical history were today's bombshells in the daily shockers from his federal trial in a Brooklyn, New York courtroom. First, his longtime doctor says he treated Kelly for the contagious STD herpes back in 2007. Then several accusers say Kelly gave them the STD years later, including one who says she engaged in sex with the superstar at age 16, but says R. Kelly always wanted her to look 
younger by wearing her hair in pigtails and dressing like a Girl Scout. R. Kelly's lawyer claims these were all just obsessed willing fans. The singer faces federal racketeering charges for leading a criminal enterprise for the sexual exploitation of young girls and women. I'm Vanessa Tyler with Mike Stevens on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. I'm Dan Underkoffler, and I'm the seafood buyer for Sam's Club. Our Members Mark salmon is antibiotic-free and grown sustainably. So we gave it the Members Mark name. You can always expect something special at Sam's Club. Visit your local Sam's Club and enjoy incredible quality, perks, and prices. This episode is brought to you by LegalZoom. Looking to form a business? LegalZoom is here for you. They have helped establish millions of LLCs, corporations, and nonprofits. And once you're up and running, LegalZoom provides ongoing services and support. They even help you protect your work with patent, copyright, and trademark registration services. So visit LegalZoom.com today and take the next step. LegalZoom. Let's make it official. LegalZoom is not a law firm. The game of basketball. Poetry in motion. Science fighting arts. This is where culture is created and barriers tore down. Look at that vertical leap! Where grown men fly and anything is possible. This game takes everything you give and gives back even more. It breaks hearts, drops jaws, bends minds, changes the course of history. This is more than just basketball. That's the NBA. That's game. Click or tap the banner below to learn more. I'm Mike Stevens. And I'm Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. There's a new sheriff in town. He's black and making big changes. This proactive approach to our criminal justice reform is going to allow us to help move toward a 21st century policing mindset in which we treat everyone within our community with dignity, respect, and humanity. After 100 days on the job, African-American Sheriff Calvin Barrett shaking things up in Dane County, Wisconsin, where Madison is. He says out of respect, people locked up there will no longer be called inmates. Instead, they'll be known as residents, and they'll be considered as being in the care of the jail. Black State Representative and Dane County Supervisor Sheila Stubbs agrees with the plan to humanize the incarcerated. We give them a place of belonging and we call them residents instead of offender because they may have offended one person. It doesn't mean they've offended everyone. Other law enforcement agencies around the country are reportedly considering similar changes. There are calls for the Justice Department to lead an investigation into the 100-year-old case of the Tulsa Race Massacre. At least 300 people were killed and businesses burned in Oklahoma's black area of prosperity. Black Wall Street never regained its wealth. A new PBS documentary says the riot by angry white people started after a young black man accidentally bumped into a white woman while getting on an elevator. She claimed he assaulted her. As the coronavirus continues to surge around the nation, the COVID booster shots may not come fast enough for some vaccinated South Floridians. We probably have a about maybe 15 percent of the hospitalized patients that we have right now are patients who did get the vaccine, but they got it seven, eight months ago, and there looks to be that the immunity is wearing off. Memorial Healthcare Chief Medical Officer Dr. Mark Knapp recommends healthcare workers, first responders, and seniors get their third shot as soon as they're given the opportunity, which could be as early as next month. There are about 17,000 COVID-19 patients packing Florida hospitals now. The former head of human resources at a company called 1-800-Accountant may have trouble getting a similar job again or any other position. The African-American 
American woman has been convicted of maliciously destroying the company's personnel files and deleting thousands of resumes of prospective employees after she was fired. Federal prosecutors say McDean Colungay of Tampa, Florida, was let go two years ago for poor performance. To get back at the company, she erased 17,000 resumes. She now faces up to 15 years in prison for causing about $100,000 in computer damage and a lot of headaches. A traveling Smithsonian exhibit will only be at the African American Museum of Dallas, Texas for a few more weeks, so the clock is ticking for those who want to see it. It's called Men of Change, Power, Triumph, Truth. The exhibit looks to increase the understanding of the journey over the years of several African-American men who have affected change in history and culture. Each black man that is featured has a biography displayed and original artwork describing their personal legacy. I'm Mike Stevens with Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. I'm Jennifer Cowell, and I'm the coffee buyer for Sam's Club. The best coffee in the world is grown a mile up. When I visited Columbia for our coffee, the farmers would invite me into their homes and tell me the most amazing stories. We've made sure all of our whole bean coffee is fair trade certified. At Sam's Club, we have very high standards. Every bean needs to pass three inspections before it is roasted and put in a bag. Taste is an obsession for me. I work with independent professional tasters and we try hundreds and hundreds of cups of coffee in a day. Not everyone goes to all this trouble, but at Sam's Club, we do it for our members. Because we don't give just any product the members mark name, it has to be great. Our tasting scores are right up there with the fancy stuff that costs four or five times as much. I love that. I want everyone who picks up a bag of Members Mark coffee to be like, man, this is good. And that's why I work so hard to make sure you can always expect something special at Sam's Club. Visit your local Sam's Club and enjoy incredible quality perks and prices. This episode is brought to you by Visa. You probably think Visa is a credit card company, huh? But that name you see on everything is actually more like a signature. Visa is a network working to turn phones into storefronts to help enable gig workers to make everyday payday and working to help shopkeepers sell from almost anywhere. Visa is working to open doors all over the world so more of us can play a part in this commerce thing. Meet Visa, a network working for everyone. For Ogilvy and Ikea, this is a 60-second stereo radio spot titled Thank You Home, code number YIKA0983. Home. You were a lot more than just a home this year. Thank you for letting me eat all those meals at my desk or take all those morning meetings from bed. Make the office chair my midday nap spot, our area rug my yoga mat, and our closets into storage for all our anxiety shopping. Yeah, you wore a lot of hats while we mostly wore sweatpants, which now have their very own dresser drawer thanks to you. I know it wasn't always great. We accidentally killed a lot of plants, learned a lot of really bad dance moves, relearned a lot of fourth grade math, spent a whole month rearranging the office furniture every day, but you always gave us space to sleep it off. So thank you, home. At IKEA, we think home deserves more credit for staying organized even when life is messy for keeping us energized, for boosting our calm. Home does a lot for you, which is why we want to do more for your home. Find new home office, bedroom, and organization solutions at IKEA. Your money. 
on the Black Information Network. Southwest Airlines is apologizing to its staff after a grueling summer. The Dallas-based U.S. carrier had added more flights back to its summer schedule to capitalize off the return demand for travel. But Chief Operating Officer Mike Vandeven says it's also taken a toll on the company's operation. He apologized for the significant strain put on all of his employees. He went on to say moving forward into the fourth quarter, the airliner will make sure their schedule aligns with staffing needed to operate within a more complicated COVID environment. Just recently, the airline launched new higher referral bonuses due to staffing shortages. Apple's return to the office is being delayed until January. Multiple reports say the California-based tech giant won't have staff return due to the surge in coronavirus cases. Employees will get a month's notice before being asked to come back. Apple is the latest major company to delay an in-office return. Amazon's corporate employees in the U.S. won't have to come back until early January. Wells Fargo is also giving its employees more time to work from home. The first phase of its return to work plan will now begin in early October. Money news at 24 and 54 minutes past each hour. I'm Julius White on the Black Information Network. I'm Jennifer Cowell, and I'm the coffee buyer for Sam's Club. I work with independent professional tasters, and we try hundreds and hundreds of cups of coffee in a day. Not everyone goes to all of this trouble, but at Sam's Club, we do it for our members. Because we don't give just any product the member's marked name, it has to be great. Our tasting scores are right up there with the fancy stuff that costs four or five times as much. And that's why I work so hard to make sure you can always expect something special at Sam's Club. Visit your local Sam's Club and enjoy incredible quality perks and prices. Honorary Forest Ranger Betty White here, lending a hand to my dear friend Smokey Bear. Because for years, he's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But there's a lot more to say. Like if you park your car on tall, dry grass, the hot exhaust pipe can start a wildfire. So keep the animals safe, especially the cute shirtless one. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. (laughs) COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel. But now there are vaccines and they are the very first step that let us get back to what we miss most. It's okay to have questions. Is it safe? Should I wait? Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision when vaccines are available to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Download the BIN Daily Update every morning on the iHeartRadio app. Today's episode is brought to you by Amazon. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Monday, August 23rd. I'm Margaret Tolliff, filling in for Nyla Boodoo. Here's what we're covering today. Images out of Kabul are being put to political use. Plus, a new push to make the outdoors safer for people of color. But first, today's one big thing. Why the U.S. may be in Afghanistan past August 31st. President Biden spoke yesterday afternoon to the American people, again defending his withdrawal from Afghanistan. The evacuation of thousands of people from Kabul is going to be hard and painful no matter when it started, when we began. There is no way to evacuate this many people without pain and loss of heartbreaking images you see on television. 
But that may not actually be the most important thing that he said. Axios' politics editor Glenn Johnson joins us now with the latest on Afghanistan and the withdrawal. Good morning, Glenn. Morning, Margaret. So, Glenn, U.S. troops are supposed to be out on August 31st. That's one week from tomorrow. But yesterday, the president seemed to be saying that he was open to changing course. Why would he need to do that? And what does it say to you about the scale of this operation? Well, throughout his comments, he made clear that the scale was overwhelming. Uh, He opened up his remarks by detailing almost in like a salesman's like pitch, a recap of his record over the past month or so, exactly how many people had been moved out. It was clear that they were trying to address the specific argument that they had not handled this well. He just wanted to lay out the scale of what they were trying to accomplish. What was interesting later was in response to reporters' questions, he expanded upon his prepared remarks and actually dropped some news into each one of the things he said. What do you mean? Well, first of all, he, he acknowledged that while his plan is to get U.S. troops out of Kabul by August 31st, uh, it, may, it may extend beyond that deadline, uh, whether it's facilitating the removal of additional American citizens or American supporters or coalition uh, friendlies. There has been discussions clearly about extending beyond August 31st. Second of all, to make that happen, he talked about how there had been an expansion in the perimeter. Now, remember, this was first the Kabul airport and then from the civilian side over to the military side. Now he's talking about an expansion around the airport itself. And third of all, he said all this had become possible because of conversations with the Taliban, especially about providing safe routes to the airport. So, you know, he's been dancing with the devil a little bit here as he's been trying to secure both a route out for American citizens and people who have helped us, as well as the safety of the U.S. troops that have been put into action here. So a big theme of the president's remarks to the American public was about restoring their confidence in him over the withdrawal for Afghanistan. Um, But you saw a a bigger strategy there, didn't you? Well, it was interesting yesterday, the president preceded his Afghan update with an update about Hurricane Henri. And he talked about all the administration had done, again, in very specific detail about what the FEMA administrator was doing, what they'd done for cities and states, about how dangerous the storm could be and and how they were poised, repair crews, everybody. Uh, This is politics 101. A politician knows that they have to handle natural disaster as well, as Chris Christie and others. So the president really emphasized sort of the competency that his administration was trying to bring to the tropical storm on reaction. Axios' politics editor, Glenn Johnson. Thanks so much, Glenn. Thanks, Margaret. We'll be back in 15 seconds with how politicians are using images of suffering out of Kabul. The federal minimum wage hasn't changed since 2009. That's why Amazon announced a minimum wage of at least $15 an hour back in 2018 while offering their support to raising the federal minimum wage. Learn more at aboutamazon.com slash 15. Welcome back to Axios Today. I'm Margaret Talev, filling in for Nyla Boudou. For more than a week, Americans have been watching devastating images from Afghanistan of people desperately trying to leave. Axios's political reporter Lachlan Marquet says some lawmakers are already planning how they're going to use these images for political gain. Lachlan's been talking to GOP consultants about all of this, and he sent us his thoughts. 
Uh, we spoke with a Republican consultant named Jeff Rowe. He's working for a number of uh, House and Senate candidates in competitive 2022 midterm contests. He called it a gateway drug to political incompetence. He can use these uh, videos coming out of Afghanistan to try to sell a narrative of Biden administration a mishandling of this whole process of the larger war effort. Because of the ubiquity of cell phone cameras these days, you know, it makes it the first sort of U.S. withdrawal of the digital era. And the amount of footage and images that can be drawn upon is just massive, much larger than it's been in any U.S. conflict in the past. That makes for a lot of material for these groups. And we're seeing ones such as the America First Policy Institute, which is staffed by Trump administration alumni, using some of these really harrowing uh, images and, and videos coming out of Afghanistan to try to score political points. And that's something that we can expect to see more and more of as we get closer to November 2022. That's Actios political reporter Lachlan Marquet. More people of color in the U.S. are getting out to enjoy nature, according to recent data. Along with that, there's a renewed movement to make it safer for people of color to do so, especially following the death of Ahmaud Arbery, who was shot by two white men while jogging in early 2020. Axios's Russell Contreras has been reporting on this. Hey, Russ. Great to be with you. Why was Ahmaud Arbery such a big piece of this national conversation? It sent a lot of shockwaves because here was a black jogger in Georgia just going for a run and then getting hijacked and lynched by two white men. This uh, started the conversation that many people of color have had for years, that the outdoors were still dangerous, not because of the wildlife, but because the bigotry lurking beyond. And of course, in the middle of the pandemic, that was the only thing that you could do, right, is either stay indoors or get outdoors in a non-crowded area in nature. What was happening? That's right. We've had reports over the past few years as black hikers would get together and go for a hike that people would uh, call the sheriff's office, as one incident in Colorado showed, that they would call the sheriff's office and say, there's a mob on the trail. It sent this message that people of color we're not welcome in outdoor spaces, when in reality, it was the only place to go. Business actually has stepped in and responded. Is that right? That's right. Camp Grounds of America, also known as KOA, got involved a few years ago. And what they did with a number of things, they, they increased the diversity training for staff. And then last year, they banned the Confederate flag from campgrounds. They, wanted to, they basically say, we want to make this space safe for people of color. And a lot of folks don't realize that Camp Grounds of America are owned by Asian Americans. Their retail company, REI, also began a six-month retail pilot project to increase Black re representation in the workforce. So you're starting to see business and the private sector get involved and say, look, we have a problem, but there's also a growing market here that we need to take account. What do you mean there's a growing market? Right now, around a third of all campers are people of color. This is a 17-point increase over the past five years, and this is according to Campgrounds of America. Groups like Outdoor Afro and Latino Outdoors are reporting big spikes in the number of people taking interest in their activities and chapters forming all over the place. Outdoor Afro and Backroads are partnering together to create this biking, hiking, and kayaking experience going from Savannah, Georgia to Charleston, South Carolina, visiting sites 
connected to the Underground Railroad. Native American running groups are popping up too. They're using the outdoor running as a way to connect with their ancestors who experienced trauma. So there's a growing movement to, look, if we have to go outdoors, we want to make outdoors safe, but we also have something else um, that's going on here, and that is redefining and reclaiming the outdoors for people of color. Axios' race and justice reporter, Russell Contreras. Thanks for being with us, Russ. Glad to be with you. That's all we've got for you today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or reach out to me on Twitter. I'm Margaret Tollif. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And I'll see you back here tomorrow morning. The federal minimum wage is still just $7.25 an hour. Not nearly enough for many American families. At Amazon, all employees earn at least $15 an hour, more than double the federal minimum wage. Because it's good for workers, good for business, good for communities, and good for the economy. Learn more about how Amazon takes care of its employees at aboutamazon.com slash 15. Detailed forecast. High heat returning this week. Do not leave pets and children in any vehicles alone. Keep hydrated, check on loved ones who do not do well in the heat and shelter in cool spots. The homeless do not do well in the heat either. Offer water if so led by the Lord. Today. Patchy fog before 8am, otherwise, mostly sunny, with a high near 86. Calm wind becoming west around 5 miles per hour in the afternoon. Tonight. Partly cloudy, with a low around 69. South wind around 5 miles per hour. Tuesday. A 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Mostly sunny, with a high near 89. Heat index values as high as 97. Southwest wind around 5 miles per hour. Tuesday night. A 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 a.m. Partly cloudy, with a low around 73. South wind around 5 miles per hour. Wednesday. A 50% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Mostly sunny and hot, with a high near 91. South wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Wednesday night. A 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Partly cloudy with the low around 70. Thursday. A 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly after 2 p.m., mostly sunny and hot, with a high near 90. This is John Schaefer, and uh, came across a young homeless man in Mishawaka. Uh, I found him to a friend on Facebook. Now, this young man is very talented and is homeless. Uh, Sadly, he has been sexually abused as a child, it would appear, and as an adult recently by someone who took him in and gave him shelter and he thought friendship but was only using him. So he left there, and um, this was in Michigan, and is now in South Bend, Mishawaka area. And I tried to, at this point, strike up a conversation with him. 
see how Michiana 5 for the homeless might be able to help him, how I might be able to help him, and if nothing else, um, get him some supplies, some food, uh, possibly someone to talk to from time to time about what he's going through and times when he's feeling all alone. Now, I say this because he is one of many young people, teens, children, and young adults, perhaps in their 20s, who become homeless and often become victims of sexual predators, abusers, people that only want to use them. And they're in a very vulnerable state. They are very trusting. They need help. They want help and often find someone who is kind and friendly at first and tries to then take advantage of them. But there are thousands and thousands of young people like this. Children, runaways, youth homelessness is growing. And I am so thankful that Elkhart County now has a youth shelter that it never had before. And it exists because of the efforts of Michiana 5 for the Homeless. It is at Basher Children's Home in Elkhart County in the city of Goshen. They do wonderful work. Um, now, this young man, he sleeps often in the woods, in, the, in a tent, um, and it's the same for many, many homeless. Uh, you sleep outside, you get wet, you get cold. Everything you have gets wet, everything you own. And for him, it was a Bible. Besides his clothing and his belongings... A Bible got wet, and he was very sad and had to try to dry it out and then separate the pages, which I thought was very good of him to do and how much he really appreciated that Bible. So perhaps I'll be able to help him in the future. I'm not sure. But consider looking around because there's many young people like him, from young people to teens to children even, who become homeless. Give it some thought, and perhaps if you want to help me, maybe reach out to him and help him, um, look me up and contact me. But... Uh, the, the sad part and the sad reality is when there's thousands like this who are not wanted at home, who run away from home, 
who people have used and abused, um, it leaves emotional scars that are with them their entire life. And it hinders them from ever moving forward, from becoming successful and putting a tragic past behind them. And these people, these individuals, they become scarred and damaged and often turn to drugs and prostitution and they don't know anything else. And so life continues to spiral down for them and nobody seems to want them Nobody seems to care. And there's not as many good people out there sometimes you think, at least not in their world. And so they need to be brought out of that world and shown a better world and shown people do love, people do care, people will not use them and will actually help them and give them a hand up and try to begin to sift through all that emotional damage and find a person underneath that can be healed and that is worth salvaging. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this message and Maybe see what you can do to help someone who's homeless, whether they are a young person or not. But our young people need help. And they need saving. And there's so many who are homeless. Until next week, this is John Schaefer signing off. You know, Jesus had been on a, on a roll. He'd been having the, the time of his life. He'd been teaching here and there and, and, and everywhere, and he'd been healing people and raising people from the dead and he'd extracting demons from children. And one day he fed 5,000 people, and another day he fed 4,000 people. And on top of that, he, he walked on water. I mean, it, it was going, everything was going right for him. After months and months of teaching and, and doing all sorts of miraculous signs, Jesus asked Peter, who do you say I am? And you know as well as I do, because we're all scholars of the Bible, that Peter said that you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus' response to Peter was such that you are blessed because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from, from anybody else. Now I say to you that you are Peter, and Peter it means the rock. You are Peter, and upon this rock, which is you, I will build my church. Finally, after what seems to be months and months of, of teaching and all this, there's someone who recognized who Jesus was. 
the long-awaited Messiah, the Christ, the, the Savior of the world. That's like finding out that Clark Kent is really Superman. It's like taking off the Lone Ranger's mask to find out who he really is. Finally, Jesus can sleep at night, knowing in the back of his mind that when he's gone, there's somebody there that can take over for him, that can, can run the shop, so to speak, the way he wants it run. So it should be a time of celebration, you know, call everyone up and text them on your cell phone and, and go to Martin's and get hot dogs and hamburgers and, and buy some wine and some beer, you know, we're going to celebrate. But not so fast. Hold your horses, Jesus says, slow down, turn, turn off your cell phones, put away the, the ice and the cold beer and the pop and the wine. Turn off the grill, put away the hot dogs and the hamburger and the potato chips, and stop the celebration. Matthew tells us in verse 20 that Jesus sternly warned them not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. I mean, just when we're, when we're ready to celebrate, just when we're ready to tell the whole world who Jesus is, he comes along and says, knock it off. Don't be telling these people who I am. Keep it to yourself. I mean, what a, what a bummer. But here's the problem, you see. Even though they, they finally understood who Jesus was, they, they really didn't understand what it meant. To them, it meant one thing, but to Jesus and the kingdom of God, it meant something totally different. These were oppressed people. Politically, economically, and, and spiritually, they were up to their neck with, with Roman taxes and, and, and Roman rules and regulations, and, and they'd had their bellies full of the, the legalistic harassment they received from their own religious scholars and, and, and leaders. I mean, these people were like a, like a powder keg that was ready to explode. And even though they understood that Jesus was the Messiah, they didn't really understand the meaning behind the whole thing. They figured that their next move was to, was to get a group of people and strategically do some military planning. You know, if Jesus is the king and if his people, which is us, are strong and solid leaders, if we're, if we're like a, a, a house built on a rock, then the obvious solution is to march on Jerusalem. We'll, we'll get a bunch of people and, and choose our moment and we'll say our prayers to, to Almighty God and, and we'll fight a surprise battle and we'll take over the temple. And then after that, then we'll get rid of all the Romans and we'll be back where we're supposed to be. That's how God's kingdom would come into power. That's how how how. The Messiah, the Son of Man, the Son of God, would be exalted into his kingdom. But that's not the way it was going to happen. You see, when you're with Jesus, you need to learn to how to think inside out and upside down. Kind of like, remember, I don't know if you ever read the book, Alice Through the Looking Glass by Lewis Carroll. Everything is, is backwards. For someone to go someplace, you had to do just the opposite of what you wanted to do. To, to go frontwards, you had to walk backwards. To go backwards, you had to walk frontwards. If you wanted to turn this way, you had to turn this way. And 
you know, your mind was going like this. But that's the way God's world was like. Everything was backwards from what it would normally be in the minds of people like us. And that is exactly Jesus' proposal on the coming of the kingdom of God. Just like this book, Alice Through the Looking Glass, yeah, we're going to go to Jerusalem, and, and yeah, we're going we're gonna to be exalted as, as the king, and I'll be exalted, there's no doubt about it. But the way all this happens is just the opposite of what people thought. There would be suffering and there would be death. And, and yes, Jesus would confront the rulers and the authorities and the priests and all the legal experts. But for all practical purposes, it will look as if they win the battle, not me. And when Peter heard this, well, he went, he went berserk. He went berserk because he heard Jesus was going to die and, and, and suffer and he rebuked Jesus and there's no way this is going to happen. Heaven forbid, he said, if this will never happen to you, you don't have to die. I won't let you die. Follow me, Peter said. Follow me and we'll, we'll conquer the world together. It sounded tempting. It sounds tempting. I mean, here's Peter offering Jesus a way out, a way to, to dodge the bullet, a way to, to dodge the upcoming cross. It's a way to live instead of a way to die. Come with me, Peter said, save your life and, and we'll rule the world together. For Jesus, it was, as Yogi Berra said, deja vu all over again, because this was the same thing that he had heard from Satan a few years back in the wilderness. Follow me, Satan told him. The world will be yours and, and you won't have to die. Give them, give them some bread and, and give them some material things and they'll follow you. Give them, them sensational acts. Do some miraculous things, Satan said, and they'll follow you. Compromise with the world and, and reduce your standards and the people will follow you. And these are exactly the same temptations that Peter was offering to Jesus, temptations that were ultimately urging Jesus to escape his destiny to the cross. Temptations that were ultimately going against God's will. And that's why, if you listen to Peg this morning, that's why Peter or Jesus called him Satan, because that's exactly what Satan does in our lives. He tries to change our path toward God. He, he, he tries to turn us away from God. He, he tries to make us take the easy way out instead of sometimes the hard way if we follow the will of God. Satan wants us to be selfish. He wants nothing more than for, to make our human desires take precedence over what God wants us to do. So without even knowing it, Peter, the, the rock upon which Jesus would build his church, had become a stumbling block in the front of all Christianity to come. A stumbling block standing in the way of Jesus' destiny. A destiny that called for him to die but yet a destiny that called for him to redeem a fallen world. 
It's as though sometimes the very same people that stand for Jesus are standing against him. So as Christians, I think we need to be asking ourselves, am I a solid rock of faith or am I a stumbling block that will inhibit the growth of Christianity? Because you see, when it comes to standing with Jesus, there's no middle ground. Anyone who isn't with me, he said, opposes me, and anyone who isn't with me is actually working against me. Neutrality in the kingdom of God isn't an option. There's no such thing as an anonymous Christian. If you profess to be a disciple of Jesus, you don't have the luxury of straddling the fence like the politicians do, you know. You're either 100% for him or you're 100% against him, and there's no in-between. You are the light of the world, like a city sitting on a hilltop, and you cannot be hidden. So we're expected to live a higher standard than those people around us. You can't be blasé about it. You can't be apathetic because apathy doesn't cut it. Mediocrity doesn't cut it. He expects more from us. If you're kind only to your friends, how are you going to be any different to anyone else? Everyone does that. Just, but you are to be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, being perfect doesn't mean you have to be sinless because we can't do that. But it means you need to strive for the righteousness of God and, and be con not be content with the status quo. Don't be content with the things that are going on around you because that's not what we're supposed to be focusing on. Live by a higher standard. I had a friend of mine that was a, a pastor and he was transferred from from a smaller church to a, a, mid, a, a city, a church in Indianapolis. And he figured it was such a big city and he didn't know his way around that he'd get on a, on a bus. They have buses there and it would, he would just sit on the bus and it'd take him around and he'd see where he, where he was. So he hopped on the bus and he came within a few blocks of his house. When the bus came, he, he walked a few blocks to the bus and he got on the bus and took off. And lo and behold, he found out that the bus stopped right in front of his church. So he thought, what could be better than that? I can, I can leave my car at home and I can take the bus every day and not have to fight the traffic. Well, what happens is you know as well as I do that when you do something on a regular basis, you become friends and, and with the people that's around you including the bus driver. So one night on the way home, he got on the bus and he didn't have the proper change that he should have, so he gave the driver a $5 bill and the driver gave him change back. And he went over and sat down and he started to count his change and he, he looked at it and he found out that the driver gave him a quarter too much. Well, he started to get up and say something to the driver and then he thought to himself, you know what, it's only a quarter, big deal. So he sat back in his seat and he finished his ride home. And as the bus approached his home, it just kept eating at him, that quarter in his pocket. So he got up when the, when the bus stopped and he, 
gave the quarter back and he said, you know, he said, you gave me a quarter too much. And the driver smiled at him and he said, yeah, you know, Reverend, I knew that. He said, I just wanted to see what you do when you found out. I wanted to see what type of a man you really are. We're called as Christians to a higher standard of living. We're called to a higher standard of living to work to continually achieve the righteousness of the kingdom of God. Sometimes we're tested. Just by a quarter, maybe a dime. At my last church in South Bend, we had three AA groups that met at the church throughout the week. And we had two sexual addictions groups that also meant they were called, they were called serenity groups. And shortly before I was reassigned here, we were ready to start another new serenity or sexual addictions group. And I remember receiving a, a phone call from a guy who said that he wanted to start this new serenity group one that could meet at, at a different time because there were different needs and different people working different hours. And I said I didn't have a problem with that, but because this is a Methodist church, we have certain procedures we have to follow. So I took it to the Ad Council, and like I thought they would, the Ad Council said that would be great. So I called the guy back and I told him, yes, it would be fine for you to start a, a new serenity group. And, and as, I, as I talked to him on the phone, I could almost hear a sigh of relief in his voice when I said yes. And then he said to me, he said, my wife will be so glad to hear that. It will keep me away from the computer. Now, if you aren't familiar with today's technology, what this guy was saying was that he was addicted to pornography and he felt fed his addiction through the computer. So you see, this is why we need to open the doors to the church, simply to help other people. The chess clubs, Four Winds Garden Clubs, to Tops, to, to Cardio Drumming. If you know of someone who wants to start an AA group or a Serenity group or any group, come see me and I'll, I'll help you get the group started and meet here in the church. But that's what we're here for, you see, to, to live out our faith, to make a, a difference in the world that I personally believe is quickly going to hell in a handbasket. If we're here to let people know that individuals and as a church, we choose to side with Jesus, then we need to show those people that we choose to side with Jesus. Either help people come closer to the kingdom of God, or you allow them to stumble and fall. Either you're with them or you're against them. We're called to live a higher standard than the world around us. And not just talk about it in church on Sunday morning, but to do it throughout the week. It's not about you. It's about everyone else but you when it comes right down to it. It's about best what's best for those people 
around you. What you do and, and what you say and how you act has a tremendous effect on those people around you, from, from little kids to people that are even older than you are. You can be a stumbling block or you can be a rock of faith. The choice is yours. The same thing happens today. We have to learn to think inside out. What the world sees as, as being great, we see as being dumb and stupid. And what we see as foolish, the world thinks is great. When we put aside our old lives and we follow the examples of Jesus, that when we walk in his footsteps, we lose this selfish life that we've been living. And we gain a new life filled with inner peace and joy and happiness because we're helping other people. We owe ourselves and everything else to Christ, William Barclay writes, and there's nothing that we can give to Christ in place of our lives. It's quite possible to try to give our money to Christ and to withhold our lives. It's even more possible to give lip service to Christ and to withhold our lives. But the only possible gift to the church is ourselves, you and me. And the only possible gift to Christ is our entire life. There's no substitute for it. Nothing else will do. Amen. On tech. The anonymous local social media app Yik Yak is back four years after it was shut down. The free app resembles the 2014 version where users can post and comment short text posts which can be upvoted and downvoted by other users. There is also a hot feed that shows the top posts from the past 24 hours. Yik Yak originally came around in 2013 and was a hit on college campuses well into 2014. In fact, it was valued at $400 million. But in 2016, the app required social media handles, which took away the anonymity that made it popular and ultimately resulted in the app shutting down and being sold to Square for a million bucks. The updated app has a lengthy list of community guardrails, noting bullying, hate speech, and threats will result in a ban, and that your personal privacy is always protected and only disclosed as required by law. Right now, Yik Yak is only available on iOS in the U.S., but they promise to open up to other platforms soon. With Fox on Tech, Brett Larson, Fox News. Listen to be part of the conversation with me, Brian Kilmeade. I'll talk about the biggest stories of the day and get your take along with some of the biggest newsmakers around. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the podcast at BrianKilmeadeShow.com. I think it's just vapor. Vaping is safer than smoking, isn't it? There's really not even that much nicotine in them, right? One vape pod has as much nicotine as one pack of cigarettes. My kid? My kid, My kid knows it's dangerous. 5.4 million American kids vape, and most think it's harmless. Get your head out of the cloud. Talk to your kid about vaping. Visit talkaboutvaping.org. That's talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Profile America, Monday, August 23rd. This month in 1914, 
American motorists got the green light to safely proceed through increasingly traveled crossroads. A traffic light system, credited with being the first in the nation, flashed red and green at the intersection of 105th Street and Euclid Avenue in Cleveland, Ohio. To further prompt drivers, the words stop and move were illuminated on the operating red and green lights. At the time, there were about 1.8 million motor vehicles nationwide, six times more than just five years earlier. Now there are nearly 277 million motor vehicles crowding our 8.8 million lane miles of roads. Traffic lights control the flow of this congestion, leaving Americans reporting to a workplace with an average one-way commute of nearly 27 minutes. You can find more facts about America from the U.S. Census Bureau online at census.gov. This concludes our podcast for today. Stick with us Monday through Friday and download it here through anchor.fm and the Anchor podcast free of charge through your Google Play Store. On behalf of us at SME, have a good one.